awesome. Okay, hello everyone. Um, this is Stuart Fishman. This is the Web Yeshiva. And this is our talk about rachtsa, uh, washing our hands before we eat the matzah. I know there are some people who are having trouble getting into the, into the class and it's all being recorded. So if you come in late, you can catch the beginning anyway. Just catch on the archives. Um, it's interesting that in the flyer for the course, so to speak, um, it was this, whoever composed this, it, what makes it so significant that the Seder warranted being highlighted along things like matzah and maror? And the answer to the question is it isn't significant. It's kind of funny that they chose to uh, phrase it this way because the Natilat Yadayim that we're going to do at the Seder is the exact same Natilat Yadayim that you did this morning if you had a bagel with cream cheese for breakfast. Natilat Yadayim is Natilat Yadayim, and that's what we're going to talk about. Now, it's true that there are simanim for the Seder, rachza figures, and so just to give this a minute, of, you know, just to talk about this, about 30 years ago, a great, great Gadol passed away. His name was Rav Menachem Kasher. There are no pictures of him. Usually most of these Gadolim, they have their, you can, they get their pictures taken, go to Google Images, you'll find a thousand pictures of Rav Avadi Yosef Zatzal, a thousand pictures of Moshe Feinstein Zatzal, this is the only picture I could find of Rav Nachman Kasher, which is from a very tiny Wikipedia article. The man was a humongous, humongous Talmud Chacham. He wrote encyclopedic works. He, he, he was truly an encyclopedist. His most famous work is called Torah Shlema, and it has, it's, he passed away in the middle. His son-in-law, I think, finished a few volumes, and he was never, no one could finish it. it. He wanted to write on a set of chumashim that's every single drasha on every single pasuk in the Torah. Everything. He, he wanted, like, all of Torah Shabal Peh based on chumashim in, like, one set of books. And it's, it's an amazing, he wrote essays on the most amazing things. Man had just tremendous, tremendous, tremendous knowledge. And he also wrote a Haggadah. It's, it's an encyclopedic Haggadah. It's called Haggadah Shlema. Okay. You can find this in the bookstores. I, I very rarely plug Svarim. You want to buy it, you buy it. You don't want to buy it, buy it. You don't buy it. There are lots of Haggadahs out there. But you should know it exists, the Haggadah Shlema, because it's remarkable. It is remarkable how much knowledge he had about the Haggadah. And just about Rachza, he examines everything. He examines everything. And like he has pages just on the famous song that every Jewish child learns in kindergarten or first grade, the Simanei Seder. 
And like here he has it called Rachatz. He doesn't call it Rachatz. Why? And here's a footnote. Okay. He says in the written, the manuscripts, it's Rachatz, what we called it here. But he quotes a famous grammarian called Rav Zev Heidenheim corrected it based on grammatic. I mean, he writes about everything. Where did this come from? Okay, and he he traces everything. Some people say Rashi composed this limerick. Okay, and he says this 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 is what he calls This is the most common outline for a seder. Says even the Temanim have it. Even the Sephardic Jews and the Romanian Jews have it. Some people say it's from Rashi. He quotes Shadal or Shmuel David Lozato was a, an Italian scholar of the 19th century who examined these sort of things. He says he found a manuscript that's from a, a, a disciple of Maharil who lived in the 15, 15th century in what's called Moravia, someplace in the Czech Republic. He examines everything. Why do we have it? So, I mean, why do we need this little limerick? He's, so he, he has a theory. The Chachamim took an interest in, in, in making sure that the families and the head of the family who conducts the Seder, he shouldn't skip any steps. And that's why we have a little limerick that everybody sings, Kadesh, Rochatz, Karpas, Yachatz. And Magid Rachza. So it's not that Rachza of Pesach is different than the Rachza of the regular year. It's just it's an important step. And like you could see it, like you know, you start with Kiddush and you have Orchatz, you break the Matzah, you hide the Afikoma, and Magid is long. You can read the entire Haggadah. Everybody's excited. Ooh, where's the Matzah? There's the meal, there's soup, there's Matzah balls. If you eat if you eat matzah shriyah, and like you, you might you might forget to do natilat yadayim. So rachatz, even though we do we do it every day, we do natilat yadayim, right? Before we make up, before we eat bread, we do natilat yadayim. But on Pesach, you know, everybody's so eager to get to them. If you if you like the matzah, if you don't like the matzah, well, you're not in a hurry to get to the matzah. But certainly, you want shulchan orech. You want the meal. So they're afraid that you'd skip Natilat Yadayim, so they put it there. It's like Barat. They also put in Birkat Hamazon, even though every day we say Birkat Hamazon. The Seder, they want to make sure that everything gets done like a checklist. So Rachatz is on the checklist. And another, and just to it, since we're going to talk about Natilat Yadayim, why is it called Natilat Yadayim? It's like we're washing our hands. So, of course, Rav Menachem Kasher, he writes about that also. It's a strange bracha. Okay? We're washing our hands. The tilat yadayim, is, it's, a, it's a strange verb. Litol, in, can they mean to, break, to take or to raise up? Why don't we call it brachitzat yadayim or shtifat yadayim? Because that's what we're doing. So he talks about he has he goes through everything. Okay, 
And he says, I skipped the page, previous page. There we go. Okay. In Tanakh, in Hebrew, to this day, when you wash something, you either say rechitza, it's like intense washing, or rinsing, which is what most people say, lishtof yadayim. Okay, if your hands are dirty, we say lishtof yadayim here in Israel. Where did they get this verb natila from? It's a strange verb. means to raise your hands up. And, and indeed, there are some people actually say this pasuk of Suyidechem Kodesh. Okay. So, why is this? So he has an answer. He said, there's a Gemara Masechet Manachot that says, if we're doing something that's not uniquely Jewish, but non-Jews do it also, then we don't make a bracha on it. That's why these three quotes we show him who say, why don't we make a bracha and we give tzedakah? It's a very good question. Right? I'm doing a mitzvah. Whether I should, I'm giving money to a poor person who comes to my door, or I'm making out a check to a yeshiva or to a synagogue, I don't make a bracha. Why don't I make a bracha on tzedakah? Right? Or, or when I get up for an elderly person on the bus. Why don't we make a bracha on those mitzvot? Because non-Jews also do this. We, we don't have a monopoly on charity. We don't have a monopoly on honoring our parents. And we don't have a monopoly on honoring the elderly. So there's no Kedusha in it. Because I can't... This act, although it's a mitzvah, and when we do it, it is a mitzvah. All right? We do because Hashem commanded us. But it doesn't set us apart. A mitzvah that doesn't set us apart, that everybody else is doing, I don't say a bracha on it. Because it does, because it's a sheikh because the person who observes it, if, I don't know, if an alien from a foreign, from a foreign galaxy would come down to earth and he'd be interested, let's say he's a Martian anthropologist or a Martian sociologist, he'll come look at China, Jewish people, he'll come look at Hindu people, now see that oh, Jews give charity, Hindus give charity. There's nothing distinctive vis-a-vis charity that would separate Jews from Hindus. So on acts like that, we don't on, on those means that we don't say brachot. And that's why now everybody washes their hands when their hands are dirty. So I wash my hands, the Hindu person washes his hands. We're both washing our hands. So if I were to say a bracha al rechitzat yadayim, it wouldn't fit because I'm not making bracha al netinat staka. Ah, oh, Miss Yavitz, you joined us. You're able to get in now, I see. Okay, Ezra, good job. So I'm sorry we, we didn't wait for you to start, Miss Yavitz, but it's on the archives. And so we're talking about netilat yadayim. 
And that's why we don't make a bracha on it. Because non-Jews wash their hands. Non-Jews rinse their hands. But nobody is doing the tilat yadayim according to the rules of halacha. And that's why they gave it this verb. Okay? Any questions? Uh, you can ask questions if you want. Any questions? No? Okay. So that after this little introduction of what, about what Natilat Yadayim is, we're going to talk about the halachot of Natilat Yadayim. And I posted these pages on the website in case you want to review them or go over them. Okay. So here we go. Um, the part of the Seder known as Rachza, as a, again, it's not unique to the Seder. There's no difference between the Tilat Yadayim of the Seder and the Tilat Yadayim that you make if you're eating a hamburger on Yama Atzma'ut or wherever, a bagel and lox. We do the Tilat Yadayim. So we're going to study the Halachot of Tilat Yadayim, and I'll and to show again, as Rav Nachum Kasher said, we do Natilat Yadayim is not mere, it's not washing our hands. We don't use soap and water. I don't just put my hands under the faucet and scrub and scrub and scrub. And many people, you go to Judaica stores, they have special cups. In Hebrew, they're called Natlanim. And they have two handles. Why do they have two handles? I'm not sure if I got the right answer, but we'll see by the end. By 10 o'clock, why I think there's a reason, according to Lacha, that they should have two handles. Okay, so we need some basic ideas on the Tilat Yadayim. Uh, the Tilat Yadayim was introduced in order to prevent people or Tommy from touching Kodshim and Taros. Really, the only way in Minatara, for a person who's Tommy Minatara to become Tahor, was to immerse himself or herself in a mikvah. If a person came in contact with um, a dead person after the para aduma, which is a whole other thing, go, that person would go to the mikvah. If a person came in contact, touched the dead animal's carcass, go to the mikvah. Right? You go to the mikvah. And the mikvah has a certain minimum volume of water. It's 40 sa'ah, which is about 750 liters of water. And Chazal made a rule of yadayim. Even if a person was tahor, in other words, you went to mikvah, okay? So you went to a levaya, you had the para'aduma, you waited a week, you went to mikvah. The next day, you're tahor, and you're a kohen. And you want to eat your truma. People bring you their truma. Or you're not a coin, you're Yisrael. And you're making dough. The mitzvah of Hafrash's challah was to take off a piece of dough and give it to the Kohen. That dough was like truma. And you have to and the coin's gonna eat that. He's gonna make himself a cookie. He has to do the tilakya dying. It's a dindrabanan that hands are tam, are assumed to be tame. There's a uh, there's a concept, your hands are busy, you're touching things. Who knows what you're touching? And to keep you alert, we do the tilat yadayim. And to this day, that even though there's no more tumantara, unfortunately, because we don't have paraduma, 
that halacha stayed. That before we eat bread, we do in the tilat yadayim, and the volume of, that requires a certain minimum quantity of water, a revi'it. A revi'it is, according to Chaim Na'a, 86 cc's. According to, according to the Chazanish, it's, one and a, it's 150 cc's. I, I wish I knew metric. I don't know metric that well. It's not a lot of water, but there's a minimum. And there's a Masechet called Yadayim. Mayor Vi'it, namely Yadayim Achad Af it's a, it's a puzzling Mishnah. This quantity of water, or Vi'it, can be used for one person's hands or even two persons' hands. And this already is our first puzzle because normally you can't share a halachic quantity. For example, come to Seder, everybody has to eat a kazayit of matzah. I can't share my kazayit of matzah with someone. I can't say, okay, I'll eat a half a kazayit and you eat a half a kazayit. It doesn't work that way. We each have to eat a kazayit. If it were if it requires a revi'it of water to make my hands tahor, well, how can I use a half a revi'it and then give you a half a revi'it? You don't have the minimum quantity. It's a puzzling Mishnah. So there are a lot of ideas what this Mishnah means. But this evening, we're going to look at the Rambam. We're working off the Rambam tonight. There are other, there are other, there are other Rishonim. So again, we're working off the Rambam today. Okay, Okay. when we do the Tilat Yadayim, most of us wash each hand twice. That's how most people do it. Some people do it three times for other reasons. I'm not going to the three, the three times washing. That, 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 that's, those are other issues. They're just complex. Most people do two times on each hand. There's the first pour of water and the second pour of water. And just stay with me like this, okay? The, I need a eat of water to make my hands pure, okay? <clears throat> so if my hands were impure, because that's what we're talking about, we're talking about tahara. My hands were impure. That first pour of water goes over my hands. Isn't that water impure now? Before I can touch the truma, I have to wash, I have to rinse off the impure water. So the first water, that let's call it the water of purity, that is the halachically significant water, and it has a shear, a minimum quantity called a revi'it. Now I have to rinse it off. That's called mayim shniyim. And that, the Rambam says, doesn't need a shear. That I could share with someone. In the old days, I get the impression, now, Baruch Hashem, we have running water. But in Israel, most places, let's stick to Israel. Right now it's the rain. Baruch Hashem, it's raining now. But come August, in Israel, in September, how much water was there in the well? They had to conserve water. I had the privilege of going to Uganda to visit the Jewish communities there. And there you, I really learned to appreciate water because no one there has running water. There, if you, the, the people live in villages and all day long, there's like an army of children going back and forth, hauling these jugs of water back 
to the stream and back home, to the stream and back home, to the stream and back home. And, and, and what we call quote-unquote civilized societies, we take water for granted, but we shouldn't. They conserved water. So if two people wanted to eat bread, each one of them would have that eat for themselves, on each hand, and then they could share a Raviit of water. It just turns off the quote-unquote impure water. That's the water that doesn't need a shear, okay? So there's the water that that brings purity. That's a shear of a Raviit. And then there's the second water, just turns off the first water. That could be any quantity that you want. You could even share a Raviit. Okay, so that's Mayim Rishonim and Mayim Shniim. The first water, which conveys purity, the second water, Shniim, rinses off the water. And there's a Mishnah that just brings us to, makes this clear. Okay, so you didn't you washed, you poured water on your hands, the first pour, let's say in one corner of the house, and the water, made a puddle on the floor. Then you walk to another corner of the house and rinsed off that first water with the second water. Okay? And then someone dropped the loaf of bread. If you dropped into that first puddle, which has the first poured water, well, that water is impure because that is the water that purified your hands. The, that truma is now tamay. You have to burn it. You can't eat it. Al shniim tahor. But if you, but if you drop the loaf of truma bread into the second puddle, which is only the rinsing water, the truma is fine. It's a little damp, but it's not tamay. If you poured your, if you didn't let you die in both pours of water in the same corner of the house, and then the loaf of bread falls into it. Well, that water, of course, is Tamei, and your Truma is Tamei. Now, the Mishnah never says why you need Shni. It's just taken for granted by the Rambam. Okay? The first water. Okay. Same as this no man quantum. Yes, that is true, Miss Job, precisely. The second water is purely practical. It has no halachic significance, per se. It's just getting rid of the Tamei water. Okay? Yes. That's very true. Okay. All right. Is someone talking? I hear a voice somewhere. All right, Boaz, Boaz, calm down. Who's Boaz? Let's just forget that. Okay. Okay, so that's, you got two types of water. Now, so Chazal rule, again, this is a rule of Chazal, said Rabbananda. Everybody's hands are tamay. You have to purify them before you eat bread. Okay? And the Rambam says, Mind we shown and purify the hands. The second water washes off the, uh, the impure water. Okay. So now we can go on. And there's another Mishnah, which is a little bit more technical. Chazal or Gozer Tuma on hands. If a person did not do Natilat Yadayim and touch Truma, it's very, very bad. The Truma is now invalid, can't be eaten. Hazal, let's say, never made a rule about elbows, okay? 
if I would like take my elbow and like grab a loaf of bread and try and eat it like this, I wouldn't have to do the tilat elbow. There's no tumma on elbows. Okay? There's tumma on hands. Now you'll see a lot of people they make a there's a thing but they after they do time they hold their hands up. That's literally the tilat yadayim. It sort of comes from this Mishnah, okay? The whole notion of Tuma and Tara, the Chazal decreed, is on hands. Perik means the wrist, up to the wrist. I poured the first pouring of water on my hands up to my wrist. And for some reason, I poured the second pouring on my forearm, and I let that water just run down over my hands. You're good, because there's no tuma in my arm. The tuma is only in my hand. So if I pour water on my arm, it's still tahor. It's going to run down my arm onto my hands, get rid of the first pouring of water that's still in my hands. Now my hands, I'm good to go. I can eat truma. Okay? But this is like tricky, all right? If I did both, the first one, my hands, and then it went back to my hands, then they're tame. Okay? The purification, and I want to do the whole mission because I, really, I want to get to the end. The whole point is that Tuma is only on hands. Chazal never made a din about my forearms, there's nothing about, for example, my mouth. Okay? If I pick up bread with my hands, I have to know Tilat Yadayim. But let's say, I don't know, um, somebody else who did Tilat Yadayim is going to feed me. Okay? Let's say my hand is in a cast, Okay? I don't have to. I don't have to like wash out my mouth to make it tahor. There's no netilat svatayim. It's only hands. The forearms are tahor. I can pour water on my forearms to go down to my hands. They're tahor. Now there's a question. Hair on head. That's something else. That's because there's a chazal that they're worried that you might have you might have killed lice, some kind of bug in your head. And now your hands are tamay. But it's nothing to do with, it, with actual tahara. How does the water on my hand get pure? We just said the first water in my hand is tamay. I'm pouring water on it, and I'm going to rinse it off. But why isn't the second water made to impure by touching the first water? How does it end? How does the tuma end? I should go on in, I should be in an infinite loop. Until my hands are dry on a towel, all the water in my hand, the first water should make the second water tame, the second one make the third tame. It should go on in, infinitely. Okay? The Ravid, who has the great comments on the Rambam, he addresses this question in one of his chuvot, and he makes a very important point. Shalu Arishonim. The Ravid says, early scholars ask, 
Batania Maimi Shanim Eternity Yadaim, Shnim Eternity Maim Shah Yad Machash Mishami Kumtumanya Yadaim. It's already accepted. The first water is purifying my hands, but that water is now impure. The second water that I pour in my hands rinses it off, and now my hands are pure. But Hehashniyam Eternity Maim Shah Yad. But how did the second water purify the water that's on my hand? That water in my hand that's impure should make should make that second water also impure. It should go on infinitely. And anything, for example, and like all tumah tahara, if there's, there's, there goes levels, there's a rishon tuma, sheni tuma, shlisha tuma. Sometimes it goes even revi and chamishi tuma. How does that second water? Not become tame by touching the first water. So the rabbit says, "No, we got it all wrong. Forget tuma in the classic sense of, for example, a person going to a funeral. He's an avatuma and he touches something else, becomes a shenila tuma. No, 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 no," he says. Ki all this that Tilat Yadayim is not about Tumat Tahara in the classic sense. It's about cleanliness, dirt. As Ms. Lestrab said, we're afraid your sweat is nasty on your hands. Maybe you killed a bug. They treat this, they treat dirt as Tumat. We want your hands to be clean before you eat truma. Truma is holy. We want your hands to be clean, physically clean, before you eat, before you handle truma. And we gave to dirt, whether it's killing a bug, as Ms. Lynn Jaw brought up, or you changed a tire and your hands are all greasy. We treat it like the laws of tuma, which have rules. There are strict rules for tuma that everybody, these days they seem odd. In the times of Beit Midash, everybody lived with these rules. Halila, halila, halila. If a Tamei person eats truma, it's mitah b'day shamayim. If a person, halila, halila, Tamei enters Beit Midash, it's karet. They took these rules very, very seriously. So when they wanted people to take physical cleanliness seriously, they put, Chazal put it in the framework of Tuma and Tahara. They said, and Chazal made a rule that everybody's hands are halachically impure and they have to be cleaned with water. They have to be cleaned with water. And that's why the Mayim Rishonim are there for the Ki'ut. The Mayim Rishonim make, your, make our hands clean. And then now you have... Okay, you got rid of the grease. They have nasty water on your hands. You got to rinse that off also. Okay? And that's why you have to have Mayim and Mayim Shniim. First, get rid of the dirt and then get rid of the, the nasty water with some more clean water. Wash your hands twice. Okay? That's it. That's why we have first water and second water. And Revit says it must be this way. Because if, you, if, I, if it was really being thought of in the sense of classical tumantara, the second water can't purify the first water. 
mikvah water. There's it's 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 halacha that the four the, that the 750 liters of water in the mikvah never become impure. That's unique to a mikvah. People come into a mikvah tamei, they get out tahor, and the water in the mikvah is always tahor. It's a pasuk and parsha shmini. But everything else, tumah just carries on until you somehow stop it. And that's why we're afraid that sometimes the first war can make the a second water not tahor. It doesn't mean it won't be tahor. It means it's dirty. We want clean water because we want your, we want your hands to be clean. He says, I think this is true and clear. That, yes, Chazal used the language of Tumat Tahara. But really, Netilat Yadayim is all about cleanliness. Okay? And how come we need a shear? If Chazal just want cleanliness, how come there's, I mean, shear or for halacha? How come they said revias? How come they don't say, get your hands clean? Chazal, again, they, they, they applied the language of Tumantara to cleanliness because it's, that's a language that has parameters and it has rules and people are used to rules. You tell me it has to be your V'it, I'll be careful about it. And that's all. It's like the V'it, just like a mikvah, halachamash misinai, is always tahor. This water is tahor. Okay, and also the revit of water is also, you can tumble very tiny things. For people, we need the 40 sa'ah. Let's say in the days of, you know, in the days of Beit HaMikdash, had to be very careful with metal. Here's a tenagarot coin. I'm holding it in front of the camera. Tiny little coin. A by some misfortune, um, I would be in a house and Salila, someone would die in the house. All the metal things in that house have to go to mikvah. You have to get paraduma and then you have to toivel it. So this little coin, I'll have to take it to the mikvah that has 750 liters of water. I can find a puddle in the ground, at least we did Torah that has a revi'it of water, I could drop the coin into the puddle, and that's a mikvah for the coin, because the, the coin will be totally immersed in, in stationary water. So that's a shear that people could deal with, and that's what it comes from. Okay? And the Hazal said, we call it tahara, and that's why they gave a shear of a revius. It's purifying the hands. This way people will take it seriously. So you got two, so there are two reasons for Natilat Yadayim that we know about. One is the Rambams, and you get, it's also from the Gemara, it's called Srach Truma. We want people to be very careful in handling Truma, so everybody has to do Natilat Yadayim. Because we want everyone to keep in mind, before they touch Truma, am I Tahor? Secondly is the Ravid's reasons, cleanliness. It's cleanliness. Okay? And so now we can talk about Natilat Yadayim. What are we doing these days? And this is from the Mishnah Brura. Okay, it's Simon Kuf Bet. Any questions? You all with me? No questions? No questions. Okay. All right. 
אתם כאדם מקצוע כפי אבורם וטורבייס יוסף, יש לפוסט משפט בו הסיפה. נתת ידם has a lot, a lot of technical rules. And again, most of these rules, I think, came from times, I mean, rent, r- plentiful running water is a relatively modern phenomenon in the, in the course of Jewish history. So these days, it's easy to get, I mean, this is, this is much more obvious, this teacup, this glass of tea. But, the, but so we just do not even thinking too much about the water that we're using. But the people used to give it a lot, a lot of thought. The reason we're doing Tasi Daim is because we're, we, we fidget. We're not always paying attention. Unless you purify them with a revise of Maim, which is, again, at most 150 cc's of water. Not a lot. We need two pores, okay? The first pour of water makes the hands pure, but that water itself is impure. And the second time you pour water on your hands, you got rid of the first water. Now, in the red, I put a very important rule. Really, most posts can agree, a revius of water, think the right, like the right would say, a revius of water is like a mikvah. A mikvah is never impure. Again, people, people are tummy go to mikvah, they get out of the mikvah, they're tahor. A mikvah is always pure. The same thing is true and for this respect of the revius of water. The revius of water, like the right said, is a mikvah. It's a tiny mikvah. If I fill this glass with water, I, I can't toggle anything in it. But for the purposes of Yadayim, which is Rabbanin, this glass of water is a mikvah. And a mikvah is never impure. So if I fill this glass with water and I pour it on my hand, and I refill it, I pour it on my other hand, I don't really need that second washing of water. But we do it anyway, because for many poskim, that is the takana of the chachamim. Wash each hand twice. Okay. There's another halacha. Amrum agamon, the nota tzich shekbiya yadav, so yetzun mayim chutz lepergaz, This is a hard halacha. In the old days, apparently, again, we have water coming out of a sink. Right? I mean, we just got water. But in the old days, you, we, you get the impression that someone would go to a well and bring out a bucket of water, and that person who brought the water over would then pour it over someone else's hands. And in that case, Tazal say, the person having the water poured over their hands has to keep their hands up. Of course, you're afraid that the water that's on my hand will run down to my wrist, and then I'll turn my hand like this, and then it'll just run back down over my hand, and all that water that's tummy went to here, and that's going to go back again, and I wasted I wasted the water. So that's a thing that stays with us. That even these days, there are some people hold their hands up when they wipe their hands off and they make the bracha. Okay. So we go down to Shulchan Aruch. Another yad, another yada. 
Okay, and that that's only like really possible if someone was pouring water over your hands for you. Otherwise, if we do like this, I mean, then I have to take my hand and go like that. I can't keep I can't keep both hands up in the air at the same time. The Mishpur makes a uh, makes the observation. Okay, what well, did It also works. If you sense, only afraid the water shouldn't go over my hand to my wrist and back down again. If I always keep my hands down, the Ramah says that also works. Okay. Okay. Now, Mishabura says like this: a whole idea from the Shulchan Aruch and the Mishnai, so your hands should be elevated. It's, it does, only works if you have someone washing your hands for you. So I don't know anyone who makes the bracha before drying their hands. Usually we make the bracha, the nigub is part of the mitzvah. As a rule, we wipe, we dry our hands and then say the bracha. Or as we're drying our hands, we say the bracha. Not before we dry our hands. But I don't know. Okay, you, there's my email address. You can write to me if you have any questions. And I'll be happy to get back to you about that. Okay, you can get back to me on that. You have to keep your hands up. Yeah, that's right. A little water left and mostly dry. That makes sense. You can, we may be able to talk about this after Yantan. Okay, you should keep your hands up, okay, because I don't want the water to go back down. All right. And the Mishnah makes the point. The idea of keeping your hands up constantly for both washings is only if someone is washing your hands for you. If you're washing your hands yourself like we do, obviously you're going to have to tilt your hand down. And again, most of these Netilatia dime cups are pretty big. Okay, I mean, let me just see if I have something metric here to just make the point. Wait with me, please. I want to just measure out. I really want to make this clear. The best, the safest, the best bet for the tilakia dayim is to do a reit on each hand because we don't have people washing our hands for us. The most machmir shita is the chazanish. Chazanish says that a reit is, let's go back to page one. How much is a reit? According to the chazanish, 149.3 cc's. Let's call it, let's round up 150. Okay, that means I need 300 cc's of water for both hands. This glass is a not very big coffee glass. 
This is 300 cc's of water. It's not a lot. Half of this on one hand, half of this on another hand. I'm really good for most of the post skin. Then, based on the minute, we do wash our hands a second time. But if I, this is two mikvahs, as the Ravid puts it, because the Ravias is a mikvah. All you need is this. Half of this on one hand, half of this on another hand. Your, your hands are really fine for most of you. them. We do it a second time. You're good to go. Okay, and you don't really have to worry about keeping your hands elevated. If you go reveals on each hand, you're good. And, and like Mishabur says, most people agree once your hands have a reveals of water, your our hands are tahor, and we but we still have to do my Mayim Shniyim. Okay, why? Now, even though we do Mayim Shnim because of the concern that maybe there's some water that's Tame, and if I use this cup half on one hand over the other, there is no Mayim Tame. Chazal said in the Mishnayis, there should be Mayim Shnim. We do Mayim Shnim. Okay. Now, why does the why do all these Nitzatyam candles have two handles? There's another concern. Now, not, 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 all, not all the posts can agree with, but the Mishnah Bird does bring it down. He quotes a Seva called Pisrej, where he says that the handles of the cup before we start the Latidam should be completely wiped dry. Shimhulah, if there's damp on the cup, im came, therefore, im shanotel yado achas, nikmam maim shal hakli. My hands, yeah, let me get into the dime cup. Here's my Nitilati Dime cup. Seal has two handles, right? Okay. So I fill it up. One, two. This hand is now quote unquote tahor. If the handles are not dry, okay, because I picked this up, one, two, some water will have fallen on this handle out of by necessity almost, right? If I touch this cup now that's damp with my other hand, which is quote-unquote tame, now I'm making the water tame again because my hand is touching tame water. The hand that was tahor is now tame again. Think about it, right? So the water is what conveys tuma. So my hand that's tame should never touch water. And my hand that's now torch and never touched water that was touched by the Tamei hand. So he's there, Shazana Klina Guv. The Lavachi to Tamei take of Yad. If my Tamei hand touches a damp handle, then my Tower hand touches the same handle. Now my, the hand I just washed became Tamei again. Okay? Now, that is a concern of the Pisre Tshuva. 
And he quotes a statement called Shulchan Shlomo, which also has this concern. So you have to make sure that the cup is hand is dry, or at least there's a, there's a dry handle for me to take. So I go one, two, and this hand, which is dry, because I didn't wash it yet, I'm going to put the cup down. Now with my tar hand, I'll pick up the dry handle, because the water went over this handle. And now I have another dry handle to hold on to. I think maybe that's why the Tilatianim cups come with two handles. I don't know. Well, I don't know if that's true, but I looked for something in halacha that I could like connect it to. And I think I think it's not unreasonable to connect it to that. It's not unreasonable. I'll put it to you like that. But the Mishabura says, I'll see other posts can say as well. There's not just thing when and we'll see this in the Chazanish. That doesn't make water tame. It's like, I'm going to drink water at the meal, and I'm not saying that all the water in the world is tame, it's just that there's a lach of Natilat Yadayim, that the water of Natilat Yadayim has to be handled, manipulated in a certain halachic fashion. But that doesn't mean that everything is tame. And the Chazan Ish really ha- emphasizes this. And he, this is what he has to say. This is the Chazan Ish. Okay. Uh, here we go. The Magen Avram also holds like this, that if the handle is, is wet and I touch it with my hand, that hasn't been washed yet now, and that water is tame. Then, if I touch it with my tahor hand, it's going to become tame all over again. So, Zetema, he said, this is a, an astounding, an astonishing idea. There's no base of Mikdash. All of our kalim are tame. Forget about the water in the sense that we have no paraduma. Everything is tummy until Mashiach comes. We get a paraduma. We we don't have tumantara really. But there are rules of tumantara for natilas yadayim. Yes, Chazal said that my hand is tummy, and when I wash less than revius of water, the water goes on my hand. It's going to be tummy. I need a second pour of water to wash off the tummy water. But that. That world of Thomas starts with my wrist and ends at my fingertips. It has nothing to this Kli is Tame anyway. It's classic. I'm a couple Toma for most Peskin. Okay? Uh, but if I use a metal Matilachi Dime cup, that metal Matilachi Dime cup is probably coming from Tame Mace. It's probably somebody went to a funeral. It's probably somebody touched it. It's probably Tame Mace. Okay? But we use it anyway. Right? We're using metal, we use metal silverware. We use metal silverware. Why all of a sudden are you worried about Tuma and Tara? Again, the Tilas Yadayim starts at the wrist, ends at the fingertips. Why are you worried about the Tilas Yadayim cup? But the idea that the Tilas Yadayim water that touched the Kli that was Tame. That would now make my hand tummy. No, I never said anything like this. Okay. 
So that's it. So like I, that's the essence of the Tlasidayim, the revias of water, like this cup. It's a teeny weeny mikvah. And if you have 150 cc of water for the Chazon Ish, which is twice, which is half of the contents of this cup, pour it once on one hand, pour it once on the other hand, your hands are tahor. There's a din, a separate din rabbanim of using Maim Shniim, which Mishbur says we should live by, even if we do use a revius on each hand. Wipe them off and say a bracha. There are some poskim at Mishbur reports. It says try and keep the cup dry because if, again, the water is in the cup, the handle should be dry. Because if the handles get wet, and after I didn't touch the dime in this hand, I touch a wet, I touch water that was touched before I didn't touch the dime, now my hands become tummy again. Mr. Burr quotes that idea. Some people, other postmen say it's also to be found in Shulchan or Harav of Chabad. But the Chaznish says, I don't know where this is coming from, because anyway, there's no Tumantara anymore. That we're actually that we're obliged to follow. So that's that. Any questions? No. Really? No questions. Yes, question. Oh, what's a question? So then, um, sort of all my from life, I've been doing things wrong because why? What are you doing wrong? With the Natilas Yadayim, my are hands doing? are wet. My hands are what? wet. My hands are wet. Um, wait, make the brocha al Natilas Yadayim when my hands are still wet. That's nothing wrong with that. You should start wiping them first. Rather. Hold on. You know, I want you to feel, but look, you know, we got, we got time before they shut us down. Hold on. <laughs> Thank you. No, I don't want anybody to be any. Vibes, as they used to say in the 60s. I don't want any negative vibes here. Okay, Nigu, I'll read to you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, 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 uh. Got this. Okay. Let's go with this. Okay, hold on. All right. All righty. I just want to read to. I wish I knew things by heart. Wherever I think does. Okay. Okay. When do you make the bracha? Hold on. Just wait for me, please. I'm holding. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Uh, let's. We got this. We got this. We got this, we got this. I didn't think enough about this that would answer this question. Uh, here we go. Okay. Bishas As you're wiping your hands, Mishnah Burr says, you say you do Natilat Yadaim. Okay. So, I mean, you did them, you did it, but you should wipe your, you start, start, say the bracha as you're wiping your hands. It's not wrong not to do that, okay? 
I don't yeah. see your whole life you're doing something wrong. That's like very, that's like a downer. Okay. Yes, it's uh, we, we don't, uh, okay. Uh, I know he says it more specific. I'm looking for the very, a, sp a very specific spot. Oh boy, I wish I knew. Okay. Oh, where did it go? I like to find precise. I like precise knowledge. Okay. Me too. Okay, we got this. 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 Wait, Okay. 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 We got this. 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 Oh, where did you go? Whenever I look for something specific, I can't find it. I don't do well under pressure. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm really bothered. I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. It's, it's, it's my, no, this is very good for me. It teaches me a valuable lesson. I should be better prepared. Kusama. Can't find Kusama now. Okay. He tells me. Okay. He goes into all the details. Okay. 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 Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Then you raise them up. This is from Kafa Chaim. He's very much into this. Okay. Okay. Da, 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 da. When does he when and when do you say the bracha precisely? Okay. He says Shmanage. You say the bracha when you wipe your hands. I'm looking for someone who actually says it in so many words. I can say yes. Look over there. Okay. Uh, We got this, we got this, we got this, we got this. Okay. You know what, Miss Yavitz? Yeah. I think. Uh, okay. So I, I skipped the page. Okay. It's in it's in Kuf Samachet. So as you as you wipe your hands, you say as you're drying your hands, you say the bracha. Because I would think that um, if you're drying your hands and saying a bracha, then you're not concentrating on your bracha because you're busy drying your hands. The, 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 as I'm looking for the theory, the drying of the hands is part of the mitzvah because you can't eat with wet okay. hands. Yes. Okay. Okay, so it's really part of the mitzvah. That's how it's explained. I'm looking for the person who says that. They 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 they, they actually address that point. Okay. Yeah. Up, 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 up. Here we go. Lamed Zion and Mishnah Vur. Okay. Okay. Uh the the words it's referring to. Okay. 
Okay, now you got, as you wipe your hand, as you dry your hands, you, you say the bracha, okay? Okay. But Edder, I'll send you, if you send me your email address. I will. I'll, 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 I, I, I posted mine, you can, you can write to me, I'll send you the exact quote, okay? Thank you so much, Rebbe Fishman. My Thank pleasure. You. Okay, so take care, everyone, and I'm Thank sorry you. if you had trouble getting into the website today. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank and I'll you. see you all next week. I'll see you Monday next week. We talk about the Afi Koman. It's more pesach okay. subject. Okay. Thank you. Right, bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Good night. Bye bye. Bye.